2: And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host, Drew Johnson. It is Wednesday, December 7th. Uh, We're doing an early morning pod today. Uh, The Mavs are fresh off a 116-115 win over the Denver Nuggets. It was was a crazy game. Uh, The Mavs, they they came out on the second night of a back-to-back with a lot of energy. Uh, They, you know, it wasn't just their second night of a back-to-back. It was their third game in four nights. And when the last of those uh, three games and four nights comes in Denver, you know, where the altitude is just crazy, uh, you know, you you, you tend to think that the team might have a little bit less energy and would come out flat, but they didn't. They came out uh, on fire, 36-29 to was the score after one quarter, uh, and they stayed pretty consistent throughout then. Now, when it got to the fourth, uh, because Luca he had his, I think it was his 56th triple-double of his career uh, in this one. It was 22 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Uh, but he only shot five of 17 from the field. Didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. And it was the first time the Mavs have won a game all season with Luka not scoring at least 30 points. So that's good. Uh yeah. that's, that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is uh, when Luka doesn't score in the fourth quarter, uh, you are prone to potentially uh, – blowing the lead (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) they they found themselves with a uh, they were up 111 to 101 with four minutes left in the game from that moment until the 42nd mark of the fourth quarter so that's three minutes and like 20 seconds of gameplay they did not score a point and it got the nuggets back in the game the nuggets reclaimed the lead they had a 112 111 lead after the Mavs hit such a horrible offensive drought uh in clutch time but then dorian finney smith from a behind the back pass from luca nails a three at the top of the key he's talking shit to the nuggets bench uh you know it's it was just it was a crazy moment we see dorian do this all the time you know he he's he's admitted that he loves talking uh to the opposing team's benches especially when he hits a three in front of them well, this was a case where he was at the top of the key. It didn't matter. He was still letting him have it. <laughs> so, you know, Dorian. He's had a rough year, but it, it was good to see him hit a clutch three. I made the joke earlier in the season that you know, no matter how much Dorian is struggling, if he has a chance to hit a three in the clutch, chances are he's going to hit it. He's become a very clutch player, whether it's in the postseason, you know, or in the in the regular season. If he has a chance to put the Mavs up, he will. So uh so Luca triple double. Uh it's his sixth of this particular season, which leads the league. Uh Finney Smith ended up with nineteen points, shooting five of ten from three. Great to see him get going. Tim Hardaway Jr., DJ, is where we're gonna start. Uh, you know, we'll talk about a lot of stuff from this game, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is where we're gonna start specifically because, you know, we have zeroed in on his struggles earlier this season and you know we talked about if he doesn't get things going the Mavs are gonna have to you know make a change because it just Mm -hmm. it was just bad you know under 30 percent from the field not from three from the field and then you know it was worse from three to start but look to Jason Kidd's credit He has put Tim Hardaway Jr. in the starting lineup. We wondered how that would affect the defense. Uh, But THJ, he has been playing intense defense, probably the best defense of his career over this last five-game stretch. Uh, The Mavs have won four out of five now. And Tim Hardaway Jr. led the Mavs with 29 points on 7 of 12 shooting last night, 6 of 8 from 3 over his last five games. THJ is averaging 24.4 points and shooting 52% from the field and nearly 55% from three. He is on an absolute heater. Uh, so I guess that's where we'll start with you, DJ. I mean, what, what, how impressed are you with how, uh, THJ has
1: seemingly turned his season around and the Mavs overall? Well, I think that, uh, that Tim might be a listener of ours. And I think that our, uh, (laughs) Criticism may have uh, lit a fire under him. At least that's what I like to think. Um, No, awesome production. And the thing about uh, true professionals is this, you know, even whenever they're not scoring or when things aren't going their way, they're still going to try to find a way to impact the game in terms of winning. And, you know, it's like you said, he's been playing defense at an elite level. And, you know, the thing about shooting is you can't really control it. I mean, you can get in the gym and you can work all you want, but we cannot control whenever shots fall, but we can control the intensity that we play with on both ends of the floor. And so Tim has done a really good job of controlling the controllables. Uh, And, you know, I'm happy to see that he's starting to, you know, finally come out of his slump. It was only a matter of time, and I'm happy to see that.
2: Well, it's a, I saw somebody post this on Twitter the other day, and it's real. It was funny, but it's it's absolutely true too. It said, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. as a bench player, and it had that little wimpy dog
3: mm-hmm. meme
2: or whatever. And it's like Tim Hardaway Jr. is a starter, and it's like
1: it's jacked up dog. Like <laughs> it's like that, that SpongeBob meme, right? I, you know, I,
2: I, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Where he breaks out of his,
1: yeah, shirt. exactly. Yeah.
2: Uh and I told my guy uh Kirk Henderson last night who's the editor in chief at Mass Moneyball. We we talk, you know, almost daily about this uh about this stuff, but I told him I said, "Look, I think I figured it out. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the human version of cryptocurrency. The highs, the highs are incredibly high and they happen extremely quick, but then the lows are like very low too, you know, the, <laughs> it's a, it's a wave up and down. So, uh, Tim coin is what we're going to call him from
1: now on. Uh, <laughs> what what's the stock of Tim coin doing these days? Um, well I'm going to tell you what's interesting though. And, uh, you know, not to rain on anyone's uh, parade, but you know, consistency has to be considered here. And it's like, you're saying, you know, the whole cryptocurrency comparison, while he's hot, do you try and get something for him, you know? And I, and I hate to bring that up, but you know, do we need to look into that? Do we need to look into that? Because I mean, do we, do we cash him in while he's hot? Because uh, you know, he's on a hot streak right now. Do we try and get something that we actually need, you know? So uh, just throwing that out there.
2: I I would, I would be trying it if I was the Mavs, to be honest, Mm -hmm. because I mean, we have enough of a sample size right now. You know, to kind of to kind of say that Tim Hardaway Jr. doesn't necessarily fit as good as he should with this team, and unless the Mavs, you know, even when THJ is hot, the Mavs are are having to live and die by the three overall. Like that's the that's the only way this team can play, and w- when they're hitting, they look incredible. They look like you know championship contenders, but when shots aren't falling at an absurd rate like they have in these last few games, then, you know, they they almost look like a a lottery team because they just don't have any other way to play. Uh, So, I mean, I, I I mean, I agree with you. I think they should take full advantage of, you know, how well he's playing right now. It's kind of like, you know, when they traded for Porzingis back in 2019, Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was playing well at the time. You know, he he was struggling a little bit throughout that second season. But uh, I remember he had a triple-double at the Garden. uh, And then literally the very next day, they get the report that, oh, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and other pieces are going to New York for Chris Dotspor's (laughs) Amnes.
1: Yep. I remember that.
2: So you know, I I definitely think it's something they need to look at. I, one situation that I've talked about a few times is you know with the Chicago Bulls, uh, who are just awful this year. They're like nine and fourteen. They may have lost another game between uh, now and when I talked about them. Let me look that up real quick. But anyway, um, let's see. Yeah, no, they're they're nine and fourteen. They're three. They've won three out of their last ten games. Uh, this is a Chicago Bulls team that was, you know, predicted to win a cha- – or not win a championship, but at least compete for a championship. Uh, mm-hmm. They struggled at the end of the last year. They're struggling at the beginning of this year. You know, they're arguably – or who they want to be their best player, it seems, and DeMar DeRozan uh, is 33 years old. Zach Levine, who used to be, you know, the top guy, DeRozan has kind of taken over that spot. There's been tension between Levine – Billy Donovan. I'm looking at that situation and thinking, you know, they might blow things up at a certain point. And I've always said that Zach Levine would be just an insane offensive fit uh, next next to Luca. And, look, I know he's not the greatest defender in the world, but if THJ can give the effort that he's given, you know, over the last handful of games, I have no doubt that Levine can do similar similar things in in Jason Kidd's system. So – that that's a guy I would be, I would be looking at. I would be inquiring about Zach Levine, you know, as we get closer to that February trade deadline, and see if you can work something out. Because I know the Mavs don't have a lot of pick flexibility until the off season, but you know, given Levine's recent knee issues and given Chicago's struggles and the big contract they just gave him, I think that might be the one where the Mavs can get in. You know, without having to, to give up, you know, more than two first round picks or something like that. So
1: that's what I'd be looking at. Well, another thing that I would be looking at is trying to acquire picks if possible. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I've read this in multiple places. The best way to build a team is through the draft. And this seems to be a pretty decent draft class. I mean, from top to bottom, you know, I know people have been criticizing it, but look like I've been watching some of these kids since high school. Right now, Derek Lively is in the bottom part of this draft, like in the bottom part of the first round. And uh, he was the number two player overall come out of high school. Number one, if, uh, you know, depending on who you ask, supremely talented, seven foot one, can do a lot of things that guards can do. I mean, really Duke university has two people that I could see being top tier NBA players. Um, so I think that there are power, there is power in having picks, not just, you know, from a drafting standpoint, but also from a trade power standpoint, I don't think you can have too many picks. I really don't. Um, so, but back to Zach Levine, I think he would be a tremendous fit. Uh, as a secondary option to Luka and as a primary option whenever Luka is not on the floor. Um, And I think that, you know, trading uh, THJ while he's hot needs to be of the uh, utmost importance. I Just in my honest opinion, you know, because we may not see this out of him again for the rest of the season, just depending on consistency, you know, so strike while it's hot.
2: Well, and that's the thing. You you need to, if you're the Mavs, if you're the Mavs front office, you need to find a way to influx some youth into this roster while also kind of kind of tweaking how the roster is capable of playing, too. Because, you know, like I said, you, you can't just completely live and die by three. You need guys who can create their own shot of, uh, you know they're they're not just waiting for Luca to magically uh, get them open for a three yeah. pointer and 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 I mean Jaden Hardy is a prime example of this. We've we've seen in very limited no, obviously it's been in very limited minutes. You know the last couple of games, but you know he's shown in in New York and in the last game against Phoenix, uh, well, not last well, game before the Denver game on Monday against Phoenix. You know he can come in and fill it up. He's not leading the G League and scoring for nothing. He is supremely talented on the offensive end. He can finish with contact. He can create his own shot. He's become a better playmaker uh, since his first stint in the G League last year. So, uh, you know, he's he's got something in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. I don't exactly know what Jaden Hardy's ceiling is, but all I know is he is 100% a steal based on where he was picked uh, at 37th in the second round. And I agree with you. They they need to try and, you know, build more around the draft. It's kind of – I mean, some people would argue it's kind of late in the game to do that based on how the previous mass front office did things since Luca was drafted. But I think, you know, like Reggie Bullock, for instance, as much as he has struggled – this year and he's shooting under 30 percent from the field and from three i still think you could probably get like a late first round pick for him from some contender you know some contender is going to see what bullock has done throughout his career in the second half of a season and is w- would be willing to give a first a late first round pick for him so i mean stuff like that is is what you could do and then i mean look by trading Bullock, you open up more minutes for Josh green. And, you know, maybe you have a little bit more time for Hardy too. It's, it's going to be harder for Hardy, uh, you know, unless they do something drastic with their, their other, uh, backcourt guys. But I agree. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll say I, I I have more confidence in Nico Harrison taking the draft seriously yeah. than I did Donnie Nelson. Donnie Nelson, you know, it was also it was always like they were chasing Moby Dick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in free agency. And, you know, these last couple of years since Nico took over, you can kind of tell that, you know, it's it's not so much it's not so much predicated on that stuff. Hey, you know, they're they're if they don't think they have a legit chance at signing one of the best free agents on the market, they immediately move on and sign like a a second tier guy. Or you know, like this past year, they had Jaden Hardy 19th on their draft board. And when they saw him slip to the second round, it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll just go ahead and trade this number twenty six pick, bring in Christian Wood, and then we trade it back into the the second round to get the thirty seventh pick and got got our nineteenth guy on the board anyway, and Jaden Hardy. So, uh, pretty smart stuff from the math so far. And it seems like Hardy has some good chemistry with Christian Wood, so I'd love to see that see that uh, get going at some point this season. Uh, some other just like some cleanup duty work here on the game from last night uh the mavs had a couple other guy, guys in double digits spencer Dinwiddie had 13 points and seven assists and 31 minutes as a starter uh, he continues to fill in nicely uh, in that starting lineup where jalen brunson used to be um, as i mentioned finney smith 19 points hardaway jr 29 Uh, The only other player to score in double digits was Christian Wood. He had 27 minutes off the bench, and he scored 14 points on six of seven. He's always efficient. Uh, Six rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Hmm. Christian Wood, overall, he didn't score a ton, but in my opinion, that was arguably his best two-way game of the season. Uh, because there's been games where he scored like you know close to 30 points, but the defense wasn't there. He played a really solid game, you know, start to finish in this one, and it was reflected in the in the box score plus minus. He was a team high plus nine on the night. Uh, and in a one plus in a a one point win and being a plus nine, that's that's pretty good. That's
1: that means you were one of the main reasons they won. (laughs) Yeah, tremendous, (laughs) tremendous. Um, you know, I'm still. Uh, you know, te- teams start Christian Wood. You know, I, th- I think that still needs to happen, but you know, yeah. we, we've as, we've talked at length about it. So <laughs> as uh, as we have
2: stated in the past, you know, obviously Jason Kidd is really smart with this basketball stuff. He obviously has earned the benefit of the doubt with that. Yeah. But, when you look at the numbers and you see how christian wood has played and you know the the caliber of player he is it's just it's really crazy to me that he hasn't even gotten to start once but hey they've won 4 out of 5 right now if they can it, if it continues to trend like that i will shut up about christian wood starting i don't care if if they're winning games and you know he's buying in and actually playing good
1: defense and all that good stuff, I'm I'm all for it. But well, I'll I'll tell you what my concern is though, and and you actually made a point about it earlier, is you know whenever they're shooting the ball well, everything's fine. But uh, whenever they're not, we look like a lottery team. And so what that tells me is we need higher percentage looks on a more consistent basis. Um, and what better way to get those looks than to have an efficient post player. You know, so, I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking about looks right at the basket. Um, so, you know, I think that that could help remedy some of those concerns. But, again, it's like you said earlier, you know, Jason Kidd's pretty good at this basketball stuff from an IQ standpoint. Um, always has been. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But I well, do know biggest... – Not Go Sorry ahead. to cut you off, but the,
2: the biggest reason <clears> – <throat> at least from everything we've heard in post-game press conferences and everything about why Christian Wood hasn't been given an opportunity to start, it seems like it's been because of his defense. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he has the physical tools, but the consistency isn't there. And, you know, if he can strain together some games like he had last night uh, against the Nuggets, you know, where he's – putting in maximum effort and making a true difference, playing winning basketball, if he can prove to Jay Kidd, like, Hey, I have bought in and this is going to be the normal, you know, every night for me, then I think he has a chance to eventually graduate into that starting spot because up to this point, like Dwight Powell, he's not the best uh, option for a starting
0: center. I mean, he's been good at times.
2: Uh, he has really good chemistry with Luca in the pick and roll, and even last night, you know, he was three of three, uh, with eight points and seven rebounds against the Nuggets. So, I mean, and he played great defense. That has been the biggest difference between Powell and uh, Christian Wood so far. Christian Wood can shoot the ball, but Powell plays better defense. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. If Wood can show that he can play defense more consistently, I think he could uh, graduate into that starting lineup. And if he does, uh, you know, uh, I'd like to see the Mavs do something more with the Reggie Bullock minutes. Cause I mean, look, I, the guy is an awesome guy. I mean, he's, Mm -hmm. he's a great teammate by all accounts. Uh, He's been a huge part of this team for the last, you know, year plus. Uh, So I, I like the guy, but they just – they got to have more out of his minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his minutes have slowly started dwindling down. He only played 14 minutes in the Denver game, didn't score a point. Uh, the only stat he recorded was one turnover and one rebound, and he was 0 of, mm-hmm. of 1 shooting. So, I mean, what are what are we doing? I mean, why are we wasting 14 minutes on Reggie Bullock out there
1: getting some cardio in? That's <laughs> like, uh, that's, that, that's like that Tony Snell meme, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It
2: really is. And, you know, kid, the game before, well, I can't remember if it was. It was before the Phoenix game on Monday. He said something to the effect of, we've got to find a way to get Jaden Hardy more minutes. And I know he wants to be real, like, you know, anal retentive. <laughs> with all this, you know, oh, well, we got too many guards getting minutes, therefore Jaden Hardy can't get minutes. I don't really care about, you know, if, even though Hardy isn't a small forward, if you take those 14 minutes that Bullock's getting and give those to Jaden Hardy, I feel a lot better about things than I do right now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Hardy at least produces, you know. Yeah, bless you thank you Uh, something's in the air i don't know what it is but it is killing me right now like it's got my eyes watering i'm coughing i don't know what's going on
2: it's that that nice december mississippi weather for you it's, it's muggy as all get out and it we're three weeks away from christmas this is this stuff is crazy
1: and about two weeks ago, it was like 30 outside. I don't know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> That's why everybody gets sick. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, look, Jaden Hardy, he
2: – it was really funny because after a kid, he was he was just, oh, yeah, Hardy's definitely going to have a chance to get more minutes uh, in this Phoenix game on Monday after he scored his initial NBA points against the Knicks uh, over the weekend. And – Hardy didn't enter the game until the last two minutes of that Phoenix game. So, mm-hmm. even though it was a blowout, so it's like, well, what happened, J kid? Why, why, why is he only coming in the last two minutes when it's a blowout? But Hardy came in and scored 10 points on four or five from the field and uh, a couple of free throws in those two minutes. So, he made the absolute most of it. And uh, it's just crazy that, you know, in those two minutes, he scored, you know, 10 points with a couple of, like on Landry Shamit, who's not, he doesn't start for the Suns. He was still playing at that point in the game. He's a, you know, mm-hmm. solid NBA player. Uh, so, you know, he's scoring over him in two minutes of garbage time. And then you got Reggie Bullock out here playing 14 minutes and can't even record anything more than a rebound. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. Free, free J. Hardy. Hashtag, yeah. get him
1: out there. I 100% agree. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like the guys at least demonstrated efficiency. I think we need to give him some run, or at least more run than we've been giving him, and just see what happens. I mean, what do we have to lose? It's like you said, give him Bullock's minutes. Bullock isn't doing anything with the minutes right now anyway. You know, and I get and it. I get J -J kids worried about, you know, the defensive side of things, but you know, it's like we said earlier, it might've been on the last pot. if you're not producing, then what's the point? Because last time I checked, you know, games in the NBA are not in the sixties and the seventies. They're in the hundreds. I mean, I don't want to say nobody's stopping anybody, but. The offensive efficiency of today's NBA player is off the charts. We need people who can match that efficiency. And I think Hardy could be that person.
2: I get the defensive argument too, but it's not like Bullock <laughs> has been a lockdown defender this season no, either. Like he's, he's struggled on that end of the floor too. He's been beaten uh, on the perimeter many, many times. Like I, I watch his minutes, like they're. The first the first handful of games, I didn't watch him as closely because I didn't think, you know, it was that big of a deal. As we've gotten into December now, like I've started, when he's on the court, I have started watching him, you know, zeroing in on him specifically. And I just watch him and I'm just like, why is this guy out there? He's just not doing anything. Like he would benefit from just taking a seat like just give him like a two three week vacation and have him come back on Christmas and maybe <laughs> maybe he'll do something against the Lakers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's like, you know, he had a neck issue earlier in the year. I don't know if that's lingering and causing an it causing a problem for him. All I know is that you know, yes, he usually starts out seasons in a slump, but it has never been this bad. Uh, it's, you know, a slump for Reggie is usually like, Oh, well, he started out the year shooting like 32% from three or something like that. The dude is under 30 from the field overall and from three, like, it's just, it's awful. And I hope he gets it going, but it's, uh, it's not looking good right now. And all that being said with his track record and his career resume, I still think you could get, you know, like I said, a late first, uh, if another contender wants to add him,
1: let's package both him and THJ, and let's get something. That's my proposal. Package them together.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. And you know, with the salary matching stuff, that gets you to about let's see, Bullock is around ten million. THJ is around. Uh, let's see 17 million, I think so. That's 27 million in salary. That, that hey, <laughs> I think that's approaching uh, Zach Levine's salary matching. There, <laughs> that's
1: exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, either get Levine or get an expiring contract in a first.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, we'll see how it goes. Look, December 15th is when. Uh, players who were signed in the offseason, you know, re-signed or signed in the offseason, are eligible to be traded again. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that's where the trade rumor floodgates are supposedly going to open. So things are going to be getting interesting here very soon. But Mm -hmm. uh, the Mavs, they're 13-11 and now. They've gotten back on track after losing four straight. uh, They beat the Warriors about a week ago. And then uh, you know, they had that disappointing loss to the Pistons, and now they have had three super impressive wins over the Knicks, the Suns, and the Nuggets. And the next game up, uh, they'll have a rematch with Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, who are second in the East. Um, uh, when they played them in Milwaukee the first time, the Mavs were on a second night of a back to back. Um, and they had, you know, they they played with Milwaukee, well for three quarters, but they just couldn't hold up uh, in that fourth quarter and end up losing. I think it was one twenty-four to one ten. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see how it goes. They're at American Airlines Center this time. The Mavs they don't play today or Thursday or Friday up until game time. So essentially, you got three days of rest. Uh, you're playing good basketball, and uh, hopefully, they can string together. You know four consecutive wins going into the weekend. So (sighs) good times right now. Good times. I'm going to savor it because for the most part, Mavs basketball has not been fun this season, even in the wins like early on. Uh, But this last week has been, has been very enjoyable. It's been reminiscent of uh, the team that made the Western conference finals last year. So I'm having fun. I'm enjoying this.
1: Uh, DJ, anything else before we take off? No, I mean <clears throat> it'll it's like you said it'll be very interesting in the next couple of weeks to see you know what uh what comes down the pipe as far as uh trade rumors are concerned and you know maybe uh, maybe we can develop some of our own little pipe dreams too. I know that you're notorious for it so uh I'll be curious to see what you come up with.
2: I'm looking right now. I I've I've got I've got a few uh and our guy Michael Mulford uh, he is, he joined us at DallasBasketball.com uh, over the last month. He submitted a draft this morning uh, about, you know, can the Mavs potentially get in on a, a front court upgrade that's that would kind of fly under the radar uh, trading for Daniel Gafford from the Wizards. That really intrigues me. That's like a uh, – I know the Tyson Chandler prototype thing gets thrown around way too much. Uh, for players that it probably shouldn't. But that type of trade would kind of fit the Tyson Chandler mold of a guy who, you know, he's kind of fallen out of the rotation with the Wizards. Uh, his defensive prowess is really impressive, uh, and he is a great lob catcher. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, it kind of fits that 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 prototype for, uh, for a Tyson Chandler trade. So, That's be on the lookout good. for that. I
1: mean, hey, he's better than JaVale, right?
2: Yes, he is. And, and Powell. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we yeah. saw that
2: firsthand when the, the Mavs played the Wizards uh, in Washington, D.C. not too long ago, and they got throttled even though KP and Bradley Beal weren't playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, guys, look, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening. Y'all be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really helps us out. Uh, be sure to visit the T Public uh, website. Math Step Back on T Public. We've got a lot of T-shirt designs there, and I'm hoping, I'm thinking, either either Thursday or Friday. It depends on when they get back with me on the design. But those uh, those Jaden Hardy T-shirts should be ready before the weekend. So I'll post that on my Twitter account at Dalton underscore Trig uh, and at Step Back Mavs. Uh, you can find DJ at CoachDrew33. I completely botched that on the last episode. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> so if, if you couldn't find him on Twitter, that 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 was why. Uh, but, yeah, we appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back on here sometime next week to recap everything else going on with the Mavs. Hopefully it's a, another uh, extension of this win streak. And also y'all, uh, we had initially planned to do a mailbag uh, for this episode, but we ended up going over what we thought, you know, we, we were going to try to keep our actual talking around 20 minutes and we ended up going over, so we did not have time to do uh, the mailbag questions for this episode, but uh, we are definitely going to answer
3: And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one size fits all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement.